Support accounting instruction by clicking the link below, giving you a free month membership to all of the content on our website, broken out by category, further broken out by course. Each course then organized in a logical, reasonable fashion, making it much more easy to find what you need than can be done on a YouTube page. We also include added resources such as Excel practice problems, PDF files, and more like QuickBooks backup files when applicable. So once again, click the link below for a free month membership to our website and all the content on it. Personal finance presentation, other financial services. Prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. Continuing on with our discussion of financial services, first taking a step back, listing the categories of the financial services, and then zooming back in into the other services we'll focus on this time. In prior presentations, we talked about cash availability category, the payment services category, saving services category, credit services category, investment services category, and this time, focusing in on the other services category. So we're gonna group other items into this category, and that's going to include other services of insurance, trust services, tax preparation, safe deposit boxes, budget counseling, and estate planning. Now note, some of these seem fairly straightforward, but note, it also is some confusion in terms of who provides those services, meaning you might be talking to professionals who are not tied directly to a financial institution when you're getting advice on things like insurance or something like that. You might be talking to say your, your lawyer or your CPA firm or something like that to help give you advice on the insurance. And then of course, there's the actual advice that you could be getting from the financial institution that is providing the insurance. And the same could be the case with a trust, whereas you might be dealing with basically uh, advice from like a lawyer or something like that to set up the trust, possibly in alignment or in conjunction with the estate planning and budgeting planning, which are also things that you might be getting or helping with a lawyer and or your CPA it, that includes basically the tax preparation as well. So some of these things are going to be service items and there's going to be overlap in terms of who you might be talking to. Are you talking to somebody that's in the financial institution themselves or are you talking to someone getting advice, paying simply for the advice from a professional, someone like a CPA firm or something like a, a law firm? a law firm. So insurance, we're going to have things like the standard types of insurance includes car insurance, fairly straightforward in terms of uh, the need for car insurance. You, we can get into and may get into a little bit more into the different types of car insurance that uh, might be appropriate. But the fact that everybody's required to have some kind of car insurance means it's a fairly straightforward for the most uh, part. We've got the home insurance, which may or may not be relevant depending on your circumstances there. Homeowners insurance is a form of property insurance that covers losses and damages to an individual's house and assets in the home. The policy usually covers interior damage, exterior damage, loss or damage of personal assets and injury that arise while on the property. Every homeowners insurance policy has a lim has a liability limit which determines the amount of coverage the insured has should an unfortunate uh, incident occur. Then we have the life insurance, which we've talked a little bit about in the past, which is going to be useful uh, depending on your circumstances and who is dependent upon you. So we might talk a little bit more about that in the future. Then we have the disability insurance, 
which is a type of insurance protecting against losses of income due to disability. Health insurance, so health insurance uh, is fairly straightforward. This is something that's gonna be uh, notable whether you're working for someone and getting the health insurance through your employer or need to be getting health insurance outside of your employer. There are differences, of course, within the health insurance. We can talk more about the different types of health insurances, which we might do at a future time. And then we have the long-term care insurance, usually covers all or part of assisted living facilities and in-home care for people 65 or older or with chronic condition that needs constant care. And then we have the liability insurance. Liability insurance provides protection against claims resulting from injuries and damage to people and or property. Liability insurance covers legal costs and payouts for which the insured party would be found liable. Provisions not covered include uh, intentional damage, contractual liabilities, criminal uh, prosecution, liability insurance is often required for automotive insurance policies, product manufacturers, and anyone who, who practices medicine or law. So if you're in, if you have a Schedule C type of business, then that's when the liability insurance often is going to be a more useful or something that we need to look into in more depth. Again, it might be something we'll take a look at more in a future presentation. Safe deposit box. So this is going to be something we typically think of as being provided by a bank. It's going to be that source that you have to put put resources into that's going to be within the bank and, and it's going to be hopefully more secure and have a couple different benefits related to it. So they are designed to withstand natural disaster like fires, floods, hurricanes, and tornadoes. So if you have something that you basically want to hold on like a collectible or something like that, then oftentimes the safe deposit box could be a good place to go because even if you're whole house was washed away in a flood or something like that, hopefully it would be secure over there in the safe deposit box. Safe deposit boxes have also been used to store documents. Now you might want to put your original document if it's the only one in the safe deposit box, but you might want to have copies of some information in the safe deposit box. Note that one reason that you might want to do that is generally so that you have, if it's a document type of information and not physical assets, of some kind, then you might want it in the safe deposit box uh, as, as a safeguard in case there's a fire or something like that and you have the information to get access into things like bank accounts, checking accounts, investment accounts. Now note that if you're comfortable with online saving, with online resources, then you might be able to do a similar kind of process online. In other words, it, it could be the case that you basically list out your information with regards to your assets and logging into those assets and so on with your financial institutions, your banks and your investment accounts, put that in the safe deposit box so that if there's a fire, you can get into your investment accounts having the login information necessary to do so. However, you can do a similar kind of thing if you're comfortable putting that information into some kind of online storage, which in the past and still in the present, there's some security issues because you're thinking it's online that it might have more capacity for people to to break into it electronically in that case but if you have the proper security and you're using the proper resources then you might be able to store that kind of same information and have a backup copy somewhere other than a physical copy in your home or even a copy on your hard drive so that if there's a fire in the home and the whole computer gets burnt down as well as everything else in the in the home you would still have access to that informational resources because it would be on the cloud. You'd have to get on your phone or another computer or something like that, a tablet these days, and get the resources on 
the computer, but you'd still have access to them. So, so uh, you may want a co-leasor. So you might want to have two people that have access to the safe deposit box. And that's kind of a double check in case something goes wrong and you lose, you lose the, the information, the key and whatnot to get into the safe deposit box. Possibly someone else then has that in order to get in there. A lot of people will put things like value, valuables in case of emergencies in their coins and stuff like that, collectibles that might be useful in the event that there's a catastrophe as a last as a last minute kind of or last hope, you know, if, if, the, if everything goes down, the currency goes down to zero or something, whatnot, you might have, you know, something of value in the safe deposit box, traditionally being some kind of metals, gold, coins, things like that. So estate planning. Now, the estate planning, oftentimes you would think of as more of a service type of item. And we looked at some of these which could tie together as service type items. And so you might not think of them as being linked to a financial institution, but they could be tied closely to a financial institution. You might be working with estate planners from financial institutions because those financial institutions are going to help you to set up things for the estate planning, such as savings plans and so on and so forth. Or and or you might be working with, say, a lawyer or a CPA or something like that that's helping you with simply advice who's not directly tied to a financial institution, but will probably be giving advice so that you and or them can also work with the financial institution in order to set up the tools within that financial institution for your savings plan. So when you're thinking about estate planning, you're probably thinking about hiring you know, a lawyer or something like that, you probably do want to work with someone that's not directly connected to the financial institution uh, as well, so that so that you feel comfortable talking to them so that their, you know, their information isn't biased in that they're, they're going to make some commission on the types of investments that they that they uh, want to set up. In other words, if you talk to a lawyer about setting up complicated trusts and whatnot, and you pay them to do that, they obviously have an incentive to say that these things are really, really necessary. They may or may not be necessary, but obviously if, you, if, they, if they make their money by setting these things up, then they're going to want to probably set those up or they're at least biased in, in, that, in that way. If you talk to someone and just pay them for advice, then you, you have some ability to be able to say their, their advice hopefully is more neutral kind of advice that way and then take steps to go talk to other people and and try to figure out what you want to do based on the plan that you have put up with with you know the neutral advisor advice would be one way to think about how to put this together so note that this this ties together with tax the tax planning is the same kind of thing if you talk to tax professionals to help you out with your taxes you're probably talking to someone maybe that's not directly linked to a financial institution but you might have things like loans and whatnot that could be involved with the taxation and they might have advice with regards to planning for taxes which could also be involved in estate taxes involved there budgeting's the same kind of thing if you're talking to someone about budgeting you might be talking to a cpa or or your accountant or your your lawyer but of course once you come up to action plans with relation to the budget especially long-term savings plans that's when the financial institutions will come into play do you want to be talking directly to the financial institutions when you set those up you, you might want to have the advisor in the financial institution noting however that they're biased on their opinions because they're, they're going to try to get you to invest in the things that they're going to make money on when you invest as opposed to paying someone like a cpa or a lawyer where who's not making money based on your actions you're paying them a flat fee for advice 
And so just keep those kind of things in mind. Who are you talking to when you're talking about advice type of strategies? Are you talking to somebody who is going to generate their money by my actions that they advise me to take? Or am I paying them directly for the advice itself? And I'm going to go to someone else to then to then take the actions that I'm going to take. And you, you would expect that their advice could differ uh, based on those those two types of things. Okay, so estate planning involves determining how, how an individual's assets will be preserved, managed, and distributed after death or in the event they become incapacitated. It's really helpful to lay this stuff out because after the point of death, of course, no one really knows what to do unless it is uh, going to be laid out. Now, the estate planning will clearly become more and more complex like many of these things will, like taxes and budgeting will as well when the income level goes up. So even a, a basic kind of estate taxes or estate planning, I should say, uh, has some basic stuff that everybody should should keep in mind and put together. And then as the income level goes up, the complexity of state, estate planning goes up. When we get to things like estate taxes, meaning the government comes in after you die and takes you know some of your money, sometimes called the death tax, then it becomes more and more. That always greatly increases the complications whenever taxes get involved to a significant level because then you have all these strategies to avoid uh, the government taking taking the money so so that's that's when it gets more and more complex so at the basics you would need the tax would include leaving a will which is going to be the basically the game plan that you have to set set up the will that's going to basically instruct what you expect to be happening setting up trusts or making charitable donations to limit estate taxes so oftentimes you might set up then trusts now trusts could be used for multiple different things and you might set up the trust uh, with the lawyer and then you set up the trust and then you might have components of financial institutions that would be involved in what's going to be involved within uh, the trusts and you could set them up the classical trusts would be to try to try to deal with the estate planning and oftentimes the setting up the trust might be a way to reduce the amount of taxes and I won't get into that in more detail we might talk about that in a future presentation but that's going to be one one of the major components of a trust if you're talking about the higher income individuals. It also could simply be useful for you to have more control over your money in terms of what you want it to be doing. So for example, if you're leaving money to somebody who is under a, an age where you think they're able to, to spend the money wisely or something like that, you could limit possibly access to the money for them. You can give it to them and then try to limit the access as to when they can access the money and so on and so forth. Uh, with with tools such as tools such like a trust, uh, donations is another one where uh, oftentimes you know if your if your income is such that you're going to be subject to estate taxes, one of the ways that you can that the IRS will say well will take less of your money is if you give it away. Now obviously you'd say well can't can't I give it to my family members? That's who I want to give it to, and the and the government says no. That's that's what we're you know that doesn't count. <laughs> you have to give it to qualified charities or something like that. So that's another way where, where you're saying if you're forced, if you're sitting with the option and you're saying, okay, I can either do nothing and the government takes my money, which maybe you're comfortable with if you think the government will spend it wisely, or you might say, well, I don't think the government will spend it wisely. I think I can pick just about anyone almost randomly on the planet and give my money to them and they would you know, it'd be good, it'd be better. <laughs> so, so that's so you can then try to give it basically to charity. And that way where you kind of have control over where you give it and you possibly can reduce the estate taxes uh, in that way there or simply include the charity as part of your uh, what you think you, you want to do with your money. So naming an executor. So who's going to have 
who's going to be carrying out uh, these actions uh, at that point, naming beneficiaries. So clearly, you're going to you're going to want to be naming you know who the beneficiaries are going to be and making funeral arrangements, which is also something that's that can be good to set up beforehand because then everything should you know be easier to do at that point when it's a difficult time. So uh, a will is a legal document that provides the instructions about how an individual's property and custody of minor children, if needed, should be handled after death. And many different strategies can be used to limit taxes on an estate, including creating trusts and making charitable donations. So the estate is another area. It's a it's an area of high complexity when you get to higher levels of, of the estate taxing. The basics of it are fairly straightforward where, where you'd want, of course, the will and to, and to name the executive and the beneficiary and so on and so forth. And just remember that it's because it's a high area of, of complexity, then there's going to be multiple people involved, meaning you might have tax preparation, financial institutions dealing with the investing, lawyers and so on and so forth. And also you, you got to be careful in terms of these more complex scenarios, do you really need a more complex scenario or not? If you're talking to someone who deals in complex scenarios and putting them together, are they giving you advice based on what they like to do or what they do as their business more so than than you know what you think you actually need? How much how much do you actually need is a complex question, gets more and more complex as income goes up and as taxes, you know, when there's a tax impact that's gonna be involved.